Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of The Chat Garage, our weekly time where to discuss about our passion, car design, car stories, and why not, every now and then, some car culture. Read it with a book and advice a beer? There is my friend and co-host, Tex. Uh, hi, dude. Hello, what's good up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that is good. What do you say? Because I... <laughs> I don't speak How's it going? Ah, okay, perfect. <laughs> because I don't speak a lot of German, so oh. um, I need some speck and bretzel. Mm, I, today I've eaten um, spatzle with uh, bacon, so I'm feeling very Germanish. Oh, Austrian. Also, because your blood yeah. is uh, a quarter German, yeah. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> no, not German, but yeah, kind of from mountains. Uh, so, what we will talk about this episode? Well, guys, guess what? Since we promised you to talk a little bit about the Mercedes SL, we decided, well, we dedicate a specific episode to this great car, an iconic yeah. masterpiece of the car industry. Well, in the end of the day, it is. It is, I think, uh, as I said at the previous uh, time when we were talking about uh, the newest SL, uh, with the 911, I think the SL is uh, one of the other like iconic Grand Tourer from Germany. Like, uh, it's a statement uh, car. <laughs> it's oh like, yes, it's an evergreen, and uh, they are producing it since quite some years. <laughs> yeah, starting from the 1954. If we don't consider its origin, because it started as a race car. The story begins in 1951, when at the Mercedes they thought, well, we need a race car in our lineup. Yeah. So they come out with the 300 Superlight, and then uh, was uh, called it uh, later SL, that stands for, in German, Sportlich Lich. I don't know if the Leicht. liked. Oh, sorry. Leicht. Apologies for the pronunciation. Okay, maybe Sport Sportlicht. Okay, that's better. <laughs> Sportlicht. Okay, but don't conquer the world, please. Anyway, um... nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, too yeah. many Nazi references here. Okay, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, no, no, it's nothing, nothing with a Nazi thing. Okay, um, so this is a super very cool car, came out with a 3-litre straight-six engine bored from a saloon production car that has 170 brake horsepower, that was a quite, uh, quite a high number in, in those years, yeah. and the specs were so good that scored in, later in the years, second and fourth in the Mille Miglia competition. Triple victory in the Brie of Bern, double victory at Le Mans 24 hours, a quadruple victory in the Nürburgring Anniversary Sport Car GP, and a double victory in the third Carrera Panamericana in Mexico. Well, well yeah. not that bad, I to say. <laughs> yeah, actually not that bad at all. It's like the Mercedes of nowadays. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. Yeah. History repeats. Now I understand a lot of things. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the, let's say, a, a little brief story of the first 300 SL, but the race car. Mm -hmm. Then in 1954, 
a person called Max Hoffman that was a, a USA importer suggested, well guys, but maybe it's good to have a road legal version of this 300 SL because the car is uh, in the field, it's becoming so popular and popular yeah. and maybe a road legal version could be a neat. Mercedes said, well, that's a great idea, let's make it. And they made it. <laughs> and it was an Eastern classic because the first exemplar, the first, uh, mm, let's say, road legal variant of the 300SL called it the Gullwing because for the okay. iconic uh, opening of the doors, it's a masterpiece. What, what do you yes. what do you, what do you say about this car? Uh, it, it's well, arguably was the first mm. supercar and was the fastest production car of its day. Yeah, it was an amazing masterpiece, especially from the design point of view as well. Like the Goldwing doors is like still an icon and the interior are fabulous. I love them. I mean, the exterior are cool and they are not my favorite, but I understand why a lot of people consider it like amazingly beautiful. They are. It's just that it's not my kind. Uh, like, but it's, uh, it's wonderful. I think it's one of the most iconic car in the history. It's uh, simply nearly perfection. <laughs> yeah, and do you have to consider that it's a car from the half of the 50s? And it's, yeah. it's, it looks like a modern car. It's unbelievable. The, the, the proportions, uh, the these very small but a roomy interior. And also when you open the Galwing door, it's like entering in a sports car of, of today. Because it feels like entering in a monocoque. Because the space between the external part of the door and the interior part of the door, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, but because there is the chassis as well. Like they made the Galwing doors not because of uh, they were cool, but because they were needed to give the car more rigidity. So they have a chassis just under the, the high entrance. And so that's why the, the technical solution for the sports version. Aha. Yes. So I'm quite sure the convertible, it will drive very badly in comparison to the coupe <laughs> because it has normal, normal door. So the, the chassis will not be exactly the same. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I heard uh, that thing from the 190 SL, so the the Burby version of the 300. Mm. Actually, it was presented the same year with a, a uh, lower, with a smaller engine, so less performance, but still look gorgeous for me. It's uh, yeah. it's uh, the the baby brother or the baby <laughs> sister in this case of the 300 SL, and. And it's peculiar as well, also because the value of this car raised up dramatically in the last five years, and I'm not joking, because when uh, we were uh, when we were studying together, mm -hmm. the value of this car was around uh, one hundred thousand. Yes, I'm pretty sure of this, and now they are just double it, like more than two hundred thousand. Well, Euros, uh, and I'm speaking. Also, they made a lot of them, uh, I think. So I remember seeing a lot of them in Padova, for example, for the Auto and Moto d'Epoca event. 
It was like, okay, another SL, another 300 SL, okay, oh, another, okay. <laughs> it was like, they no, were... The, uh, 190, uh, maybe, maybe. 190. I don't know, maybe it was 190. Uh, but it uh, was uh, looking quite common. It's like uh, all the Porsche, like, they made, anyway, a lot of them. It's just that, uh, yeah, they, they have a big market, a big audience. So um, I think it's good. They deserve the value of course mm -hmm. but also the the one after it it's quite iconic uh, called uh, the nickname was a pagoda because of the big big uh, windows of the car was reminding some pagoda from mm. Asia but you know that I discovered the the meaning of pagoda preparing this episode because before it was like uh, okay too, this is too. called pagoda <laughs> but I really didn't care about why they yeah they gave the the the, the, the public uh, gave this nickname to this car but then then i i noticed that the hard top it's and all the 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 winds the windscreen the, very the windows etc reminds this uh, asian temple that's the word i was looking for um so that's why they call it pagoda and it was like oh that's cool and also i have i have it in my in a scale model the two 180 SL painted red. Uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> last episode <laughs> you used yeah. it. Uh, it was nice as well. I think my my cousin has a model 118 on, of that car. Uh, it's um, beautiful, but I prefer the previous generation to be honest. It's not one of my favorite. Also, they made an improvement based on the w198 yeah. model the let's say the the original 300 sl they made it uh they made a restyling in 1957 uh basically they removed the the normal roof so they made a yeah. convertible version they uh, changed the rim design uh we have normal doors and uh, different uh, front headlights and uh, actually, I never saw this version. In real life, I think I s there was one in Modena, yeah. or was an uh, S class from these years. I remember to to have seen one uh, in bronze, like uh, brown, light brown. Well, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's not sure. Quite general. I don't want to rush too much in the next one that uh, was produced for I don't know how many years but like a lot <laughs> the yeah. R107 from 71 to I guess uh, 89 89 wow <laughs> a lot yeah. a lot a lot 18 years and this one uh, there was a um, a rich family in my in my street that has uh, this one and it was lovely I really like this one it's an iconic uh, shape and it's still beautiful. It's simple, elegant. Uh, maybe the interior is uh, a bit, uh, yeah, old school, but... Oh, come on. 70s and 80s in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of stereotype if, uh... and uh, strange color leather seats and uh, wood, wood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of, uh, but you know what? Starting from the the pagoda, so the nineteen sixty three one, I think that the SL 
unfortunately lost a little bit of sportiness I have to say mm, yeah. it's becoming more and more a normal car and especially the Pagoda I heard a lot of issues regarding mm. the how how it drives because ah, it, fe- okay. it feels a little bit wobbly um, and maybe the, the changing the old the section etc and it's not it was not anymore like yeah a sports car was just a luxury grand tourer so can be easily <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure the car was not that light anymore <laughs> yeah i thought well. it yes especially with a lot of features especially in the r107 mm-hmm. they added a lot of things uh, for safety for example crumpled zones uh, deformable switches and levels uh, stronger a pillars that for a convertible is uh, quite a good thing and uh, and bigger powerful engines because yeah because we love big and powerful engines yeah. um we had the v8 uh, we had uh, was the first one with a v8 that one i guess yeah i think so yeah because before we had only six line engines yes yes ah uh, well was uh, uh, this one arrived to the 5.5 liter v8 mm-hmm. not bad but even better, yes. I have to say, we uh, talking about engines, yeah. uh, the next generation, so the R129 of the 1989, so in the 90s, almost approaching to the 90s, uh, well, apart a lot of, uh, let's say... V6, uh, 16 line. Exactly. Yeah. We had the, in the article they call it the Banzai, and it's uh, nailed it, 7.3 liter V12 engine. Oh, God. Imagine to have in such a small car an engine like that. It's not that small, actually. To be honest, it's not that small. I I saw often this car in my town uh, because there was uh, two or three people have it. Not this 7 liter but there was the 6-liter V12 in very light azure color. It was very weird with the... What the hell? With the iron wheels, not even the nice... Uh, oh. Yeah, it was like... what? The, oh, come on. What the, yeah, but... Uh, Maybe they were the winter tires. Ah, well, that, Back then, I don't... I'm not sure there was winter tires. They were ah, just okay. cheaper... <laughs> 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 but uh, still the, the the 6 liter V12 uh, was uh, was already amazing uh, and uh, the 7.3 liter um was an engine that I think was not like then was not used anymore in Mercedes but I'm quite sure it's still alive somewhere yes guess what because I had exactly the same sensation and uh, well who has a Mercedes 7.3 liter? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is the same of the Pagani Zonda. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have the answer of my question when uh, I asked myself, where the hell, what is this 7.3 liter Mercedes V12 engine? Uh, yeah. What's where it comes from? Beast? Now I have the answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from this thing and whoa this is madness this is really madness also this one has a very interesting feature from safety uh, there was a retractable roll bar oh so basically when the, it's like a airbag when uh, 
it has a crash in some zero point uh, something like 0.3 second the roll bar will pop up and uh, make the car safer for the head oh it was a very peculiar oh, cool. feature yeah maybe uh mm, i prefer mechanical things for example nowadays uh, we are stressed with uh, electrical ideos oh. i hate them why why <laughs> and this is uh, because it also is a safety thing i prefer a manual uh, yes. internal door handle ah but for by law you have to put uh, the the manual as well hidden somewhere absolutely because uh, previously you struggled because you have to park uh, the technical thing for this electrical uh, internal door mm-hmm. handle but then you have to fit also the mechanical door handle so in- instead to remove a problem you will create another one <laughs> it's pointless but anyway yeah. uh, let's talk uh, again about the Mercedes SL this is better no but uh, this one actually I like a lot and reminds me really feel like uh, you are a broker in New York and you made mm. a lot of money it's like uh, yeah life is good <laughs> give me that vibe yeah like Wolf of Wall Street yeah, even I if would, that, that movie was set in the 80s but, I yeah. would not mind to find one of these my father actually was thinking to, to look for one like this <laughs> but then uh, to be honest has some issue with uh, with uh, some oil leaking etc like mm. it's not the most reliable Mercedes. Yeah. Also because in that years it had the adaptive suspension. Whoa! In mm. early nineties, I mean maybe yeah. it was not a super, you know, fancy innovation, but then it's another thing that maybe can cause some issues. So no, but always Mercedes was uh, putting effort on comfort. I I'm also worried about you know the. Um, I'm hearing a lot of German car having an electrical problem with their roof because they have electric Ooh. roof. Uh, so it's the perfect the perfect topic for the for the next generation of the SL and I'm talking about the R230 of the 2001 mm. but was not the first Mercedes to have a foldable hardtop roof because it was the SLK so the smaller version uh, of the SL to present this innovation into the market in 1996 uh, but yeah uh, that box yeah <laughs> yeah DSL and I I remember a lot of those cars of the, the SLK of, was very common the SLK yes but also the this SL of the 2001 2003 yes. 4 5 those in those years I love this SL because Yes. It it had a better proportion than the SLK because then the, the first uh, version of the SLK was a little bit different compared to the SL. But then they I think that they understood the the mistake and then they made the SLK exactly identical to the SL but a little bit smaller and I think that was a good choice because the SL proportion wise was better Obviously, it was a little bit bigger, a little mm. bit uh, longer, so that helped for for you know proportions. And um, but you remember also our teacher, our design teacher had uh, maybe a couple of those or one oh, for was, sure. Nah, uh, uh, it, it has um, no. Actually, he had that the SLK, time was not the SL, Sorry. Yeah, 
yeah yeah and also that time the slk actually to me it reminds me more the slr mclaren ah. than the sl uh, because it's, it's because the third the, generation the, the hood yeah Oh man, it's but, the third uh, generation of this generation of the R two three zero. Oh, a lot of names. Uh, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, they are. They have plenty of versions. But um, actually, I think this one uh, uh, maybe is because uh, was the time I was getting into cars. But uh, for me, it's like my favorite. I really like uh, the aesthetic of this car. Mm. And actually, I was thinking. Uh, Maybe I should get one. Like, I don't know. I, when I was considering uh, a GT instead of a sportier car, I was, like, starting to look on it. Because in the end of the day, I'm doing only, mostly, highway. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm wanting... I'm looking to buy, like, or a Catheram or, or a Lotus by doing uh, only highway. It's pretty stupid. Uh, it's actually stupid that I'm using my Miata 90% in the highway. <laughs> But uh, for like uh, four or five hour trips, it's perfect. So I was thinking like, ah, why not? Uh, why only focusing on Jaguar XK8 might be also interesting an SL like this. Hmm. And uh, well, so it's pretty what, cool. what about the price? What about the reliability? Uh, I think they are around, uh, uh, they cost more than the Jag and they are slightly more reliable as well. So Jaguar is not... <laughs> not the best <laughs> uh, Mercedes well, at least is uh, quite solid it's easy to make something more reliable than a Jaguar I have uh, to say but yeah. <laughs> especially in those years yeah only Aston maybe was worse <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah maybe uh, right yeah um, but with but with the times I think uh, SL became less and less uh, uh, popular I don't know because since uh, they have like after this they made the SLR McLaren and then mm -hmm. they made the new SL but it was not that influence in the market uh, and then they came out with the I'm no before the MG GT was the SLS yeah that was very popular and no one thought about the SL anymore they were still produ producing it but I never saw that around yeah honest, uh, just just a few just a few but uh, was yeah. super rare. I remember actually. a couple to have seen a couple of them. Uh, it was produced until last year, and I, <laughs> I yeah, I saw once two months ago in highway. I was like, wow, an SL. That was long, long time. <laughs> I was like, shouldn't but, but should have, the should have R been like that. But well, the R two three one version, so the from the 2012 so the latest before the newest uh, I think it's the most boring SL ever <laughs> so it does nothing uh, special yeah. maybe because uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know maybe because we are bound to the previous generation or maybe because we were wow, on cars or we also were starting to get involved in cars mm. in those in those ages so maybe that's why we are so connected to this mod, to this version of the model. To that one, yeah. Yeah, but and this one and th the latest before the newest, because the newest is awesome. It's really super cool. It's amazing. Because, yeah, yeah. We we talk about that in some previous episode. It was uh, it's very beautiful, and I'm sure this car will sell a lot. 
Also because, okay, the AMG GT went out of the market. Uh, so they need a sports car <laughs> anyway. Uh, but also I was looking at numbers, like uh, sales number in US on Wikipedia, uh, they are written. And uh, the previous one, the 2001, let me say, they were selling around uh, 10 to 13,000 models per year. Mm -hmm. And the latest one was around uh, five, Ooh. like five, seven, maximum seven, then four, three, two. To, like really low numbers okay in the, the same time uh, now back then like 2018 16 17 they there were option like the mgt so okay makes sense but uh, it was really sad to see this model fading away i'm hoping uh, next one will will bring back the the glory i hope so also because uh, it will features only uh, MG engines, so just one trim level, so the only, highest and only fat, good engine. Yeah, that's good. Maybe it would be the last one, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> who knows? Oh. Uh, maybe not. Uh, like, no, I'm still on. hoping they will change the rule and make like you can still have like one flagship uh, polluted uh, model, and it's not polluted. Come on, yeah. I, I, why I'm saying polluted because. Uh, if you think I was seeing uh, actually small bracket I was seeing a, a documentary about uh, electric car and they were saying like yeah if you think that all Chinese car are green and uh, because they are electric yeah basically they are a coal car because mm, still most of the energy produced in China is made with coal and bad stuff so in the end of the day uh and also you have to mine the stuff like please let us have our big engine <laughs> you are you're transferring the problem into another into another yeah. place you just you just don't see the burn but uh, is there <laughs> yeah. somewhere else it's even worse yeah don't worry man um, because the next generation sl will be electrical and no. with that, I think that we can end the episode. No, I'm just How joking. But, uh, okay, okay. Not no, the next good. one will have a Porsche fuel. Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the, the latest already has the Porsche S, and now it will put also Porsche fuel. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, for who didn't saw the picture, the, the rear of, of the latest SL is quite low and reminds a little bit the 911 as proportion-wise. Mm -hmm. Also, the roof line is quite closer yeah. to a 911 Cabrio. So, uh, it's a yeah. cool package. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, seriously, with that, I think that we can end this special episode dedicated yes. to the, an iconic model such as the... Mercedes-Benz SL and um, well I can suggest wow. you as always to follow us on Instagram so you can check out some photos and some details about this super cool model and also well keep listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Anchor. Yes and uh, check TikTok for our trailer very funny <laughs> or very stupid. You are the judge. <laughs> yeah, you will decide. Yes, and enjoy the ride. Yes, and uh, 
maybe you are so lucky to have one version of this Mercedes SL, so also because it's winter and maybe you will have the eating seat, you need to be always top down. Bye! Bye bye!